0: Welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast for anyone who wants to raise other people's money for a business or property venture. Right now, there has never been more money on the planet, and there has never been more opportunity. This podcast will help you put the two together. So, if you need money for your business or property proposals from banks, lenders, angels, whales or dragons, this is the podcast for you. Yeah.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the How to Raise Money podcast with me, Ray McLennan.
2: And it's with me, Nigel T. Best. Ray Mondo, how the devil are you?
1: Yes, yes. Uh,
2: plugging away. Plugging away through this cold snap that we're experiencing. Yeah, there you go. And uh, have you noticed anything different about me? Well, apart
1: from the daft hat with the New York Yankees logo on the front. <laughs> At least it matches your shirt, I suppose. It's the black well, hat. The-
2: Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yes, folks, uh, fresh from my uh, Buffalo Bills, um, different sport, so you can have a different team to support. I don't know. Are you allowed that? But anyway, yeah, I grabbed a hat. It's cold. And uh, as you can see, for those watching on YouTube, I spent all morning doing my hair and forgot to put it on. Um, So, yeah. Uh, Ray, so uh, what's going on then? What's going on? Oh, you know, you, you if if you look at the news, which
1: I try not to, but occasionally I'll sort of flick on it and have a look. Um, cost of living crisis. Yeah, you know, the word crisis seems to be um, popular at the moment. There's a crisis of the word
2: crisis. There's not enough crisis to go around. No, uh, no, no. It's quite iconic, isn't it? It is because there's is another one. That, there's another iconic one. word crisis. Everything's iconic. This hat I'm wearing is iconic. Our uh, podcast logo is iconic. You are iconic. Or is Everything it ironic? Is iconic. I can't Everything's, and everything's
1: I had an expression of a, the word legend, and it said the word legend has been devalued from pulling a sword from a stone to coming back unexpectedly with crisps.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true. Very mm-hmm. true. Um, yeah, I mean, normally you can get called a foot um, if you are one of those, because that's the leg end. Um, but there you go. Grown. i'm Damn. here all week folks i'm oh here all week uh, anyway right ray today uh, you made me chuckle because uh, we we mentioned on uh, previous episodes that we were going to just do um, a show where we're going to try and help people just just pause a minute and have a think about two very important things and they are time and money um and Who better to give you this show than a Scotsman and a Yorkshireman, (laughs) Um, both with short arms, deep pockets. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's not our round at the bar, is it? Um, But no, what what we thought we'd do is we just thought we'd go through a few things that maybe you have thought about, maybe you haven't thought about. Maybe it's someone you know who's uh, having a tough time, who... You kind of look at them and you think, mm, I don't think they're making the wisest choices either with their time or with their money. And I don't think that is helping. So this is a non-judgmental. Um, don't worry too much about the outcome or what it tells you at this point. That's for down the line where you can make you can decide to make choices at that point. This is about gathering the information, the facts. Um and what you actually do in terms of how you spend your time and how you spend your money. Because at the end of it, right, you know, we've each done this individually at various times. And um, to be quite honest, it, it can be quite shocking, depressing, mm-hmm. um, and horrifying all in all in one when you see the results of what you actually do with your life and um the the upshot folks is you can't manage what you don't know. So you can't measure what, you know, you can't manage what you don't measure type things. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to measure or manage your way out of a situation where you're struggling, whatever it is, imagine doing a big project on a house. If you've got costs going out left, right and center, but you don't actually keep track of them um, and you see your bank account going down and down and down, you can't manage that situation. You can't take control of it because you're not measuring it. So this is just an exercise in just having a think, a look and um, uh, measuring a few things. And maybe there's one or two in there that you kind of, we all have a bit of a blind spot for certain things, don't we? So when it comes to watching sport on TV, Ray, uh, as far as I'm concerned, that is not wasted time. Uh, That is fully (laughs) invested time. Unless of course, uh, my team lose, and then it's a complete waste of time. But there we go. um, although, so although watching sport on TV, I did notice that uh, costs were creeping up. um
1: you know, when you if you get uh, the subscriptions to some of these sports channels, you know the you can end up subscribing to the same thing several times across the board. You've got to be very careful with these things. I noticed them creeping up and then decided that I didn't need it in my life anymore. Um, so yeah, these these subscriptions or
2: uh annual payments whatever well, can suddenly mount up i was gonna say let's let's jump into it so i've right i've put this under headings of um two things time and money Yeah. um and the funny thing is the more i've looked at it the more i realized the impact both um but if i said to you ray um you know how much is your drug habit costing you at the moment you <laughs> would you would kind of recoil in horror um you know, phone for a solicitor uh, at this well, point? No? Well, actually, no, I would say define drugs and define habit. <laughs> there you go. You see, this is it, folks. Right. My in, in my head, when anyone says drugs, people always think of the obvious. And uh, we're not going to talk about those. As far as I'm concerned, anyone taking recreational drugs, first of all, they're not recreational. And secondly, they cause so much of the world's bad ills, um and problems from gun running money laundering uh you know county lines and all the rest of it it's for those people that just want a oh a cheeky line or whatever they say uh well you're causing all these problems you know slavery um sex trafficking all the, of those come from that because demand and supply folks if there was no demand for these drugs there would be no need to supply them so uh, have a look in your own you know, heart as to whether you're causing the world's problems. But anyway, that's not what I meant. What I meant was when you say drugs, everyone immediately thinks of that, first of all. But I've got a list, and I thought it might be worth just going down a few. So I've got on my list here, Ray, I gave to you fast food, mm-hmm. TV subscriptions, gambling, mm-hmm. coffee, phones, and then tech, like gaming and Xboxes and, and things like that. So should we, fast food, Ray, give us, give us your thoughts on that. Is that a drug? You know, are people spending, you know, a scary amount of money? Have you uh, taught- well, it
1: depends. It depends, I suppose. If it's something that's done virtually every day, then, you know, it can, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's common knowledge that certain fast food outlets have uh, created addictive products. And, um, you know, burgers or chicken or whatever it happens to be in certain extent, pizzas. Uh, you, you know, they hit a certain part of the brain. It gives it a stimulus, a response. It gives it a reward. Uh, and if it's like anything, you know, everything in moderation type thing. But if um, you know, it, I mean, my kids have have taken them to these places. yes, of course. Uh, and and and, in fact, on a Tuesday, we have a regular. Uh, on a Tuesday, because the kids have after school activities, that sort of thing. So on a Tuesday, they get to pick which one they want. Uh, but that's it. You know, there's no no, nothing else like that. I mean, I've never, ever had a delivery of that sort of stuff to my house. Pizza, yes, but not anything else other than pizza. Okay, curry. All right, apart from curry, apart from pizza. And, and apart a Chinese. From Chinese <laughs> I've never had anything else delivered. <laughs> An Italian. Uh, now yeah. i've never had an italian delivered no i live with oh. an italian so i don't need one to be delivered um <laughs> and we cook a lot of italian but uh are they are they drugs yes to a certain extent they can be you know they absolutely can be uh if it's something that's taken you know regularly and if it's to it's, you know to to stimulate uh, a certain part of the brain or it's to give a dopamine reward or whatever it is then it comes under that definition yeah um, uh, right, costly, and it can be very costly. You know, well, this sometimes is, this you see is them a... advertising for only one ninety nine or whatever it is, but then by the time you just add in bits and pieces, you've spent a fiver on a piece of crap. You know?
2: Yeah, right. I mean, you mentioned it earlier. Um, you know, drugs, addictive and habits, and things like that. And I think it's, I look, no judgment here. I think it's incredibly easy because you're bombarded with prime time uh, advertising. All major sporting events are sponsored by these sort of companies. And, you know, you, you're faced with it. And we've spoken about this before. If you're if you're struggling, um, the one thing you, as a business, the one thing you don't do is wind back on your marketing. So what you will find in this cost of living crisis is, do you think uh, McDonald's adverts will go off the TV? No chance. No chance. Um, and, and you look at it and they've got big name sponsors. They've got big, uh, big sort of characters, people in there. And, you, you know, they're sponsoring, at the moment, the World Cup's going on. KFC mm-hmm. are on there all the time and things yep. like that. But here's the thing, folks. They did a study of um, popular foods, which ones get voted the most popular. And they did it on donuts. Now, there's two things that apparently we crave, which are fat and sugar. And what they did was they put a range of donuts down and they got people to uh, test them. See which was their favorite. And every single time, the most popular one is the donut that has a 50 50 split of sugar and fats. If the donut varies slightly by one or the other, it doesn't matter what it looks like, whether it's plain or not, people will vote for the one in the middle, which is 50 50. Now, why is that? Well, it's biological or whatever. You know, we crave that. Um, I assume because the brain recognizes it as instant calories. And this is, you know, we've, we've discovered a cache of food, um, you know, fill your boots chaps as, as you do this. So, and we we can't get rid of that. So a couple of things I'd say just measure over the next week or so for all of these things, just measure, um, whenever you get the urge to do it, did it follow some marketing Uh, Did you see some marketing the night before or that morning or have you seen it on a billboard or something uh, or on your social media feed? And then think to yourself, right, okay, is it a habit? You know, every Tuesday after school, it's easy. Um, And think to yourself, why is that? Well, it's quick. It's quick. The kids love it. It's hassle-free for me and all those sort of things. And it's an easy win. Mm. So you sort of think to yourself, right, okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to make a note of that and just make a note of it. And as Ray says, make a note of what you spent because um, I've got the app um, because, you know, I do uh, do get coffees uh, on it and you get a free one every so often. So I'll (laughs) order it on the app and they keep sending me offers on the app Mm -hmm. and the offer will be for something at half price or 99p. And then, and then they quickly upsell you three or four other things. And as you say, you've spent seven quid, you eat it, you feel slightly queasy, you need to lie down. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it didn't go to plan. But just make a note of it, folks, how much you're spending, what time of day, what day, are you under time pressure are you trying to get something done so you can do something else as well? And then just make a little note on a piece of paper or however you're going to record this. Just make a note at the end of it. How did you feel? Were you satisfied or did you still feel dirty. like you I needed dirty. something else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Expunge yourself. But
1: up and dirty. <laughs> but,
2: but they, right.
1: I have to say on our on our Tuesday, I, I don't indulge. This is purely because the kids have got various sporting activities afterwards and all this, and and it was found easier um, because, but otherwise they wouldn't be eating until eight thirty or something like that. So, they have this uh, cheeky wee cheeky wee carry out, uh, at five o'clock instead.
2: Yeah, well, Ray, just to add into this to say, look, uh, we're up against it here, folks. We're up against it because uh, this is um, it says. Changes in the high street between March 2020 and March 2022 here in Mm -hmm. the UK. Okay, so department stores down 13.4%. Well, we've lost, you know, some of the really big department stores in the UK and what have you. Nightclubs down nearly 10%. Clothes shops down 8.5%. Banks down 8%. All to be expected. Um, Pubs and bars actually up 1.6% cafes Ooh, right. Ooh, cafes right. up 5.7% oh, yeah. charity, charity shops I'm, I'm going to add another one um into charity my shops list here fast food outlets mate well fast food and takeaway up 7.2 percent. so folks you are being surrounded by more opportunities to buy fast food so don't judge yourself on this just make a note of it and then you can when you've got the info you can then decide to make a different choice if you wish but Tattoo and piercing studios up 8.2 <laughs> percent.
1: Oh my god sick.
2: Yeah. So mm. you know, I've got my own opinion on that. I'm getting uh, old. <laughs> I'll keep it, I'll keep it to myself, but let's just say I got a tattoo on my arm that I can show people. It says tattoos are for idiots. There you go. Who's the fool <laughs> now? Uh no. Um, I know a lot of people do it, and I know. I know a number of people who, shall we say, are always saying they don't have any money, but appear to be slowly being painted from head to toe. Um, and each time I was, I remember asking, and he was, they'd had something done, it was 300 quid or something. And it was yeah. just like, wow, I thought I thought they were about a fiver. No, that uh, was actually, actually the other day, in interviewing people the other day uh, <laughs> about
1: food banks and who uses food banks and so on. And and the four people they interviewed, three of them had tattoos, held, held an iPhone, and in the case of two of the women, nails done. So... okay so this is down to the the choice living etc etc we sound like we sound like these who's who's the two guys from (laughs) from the muppets
2: Uh, yeah well i've been called the muppets or whatever it was (laughs) yeah yeah don't worry about that but right okay so right that's the first one fast food it's folks it's all geared up to draw you in and relieve you of your money so if you are finding yourself going in and doing that then you know okay at least you know At least you know, and you can see what's happening. Now, I know that we use it, Ray, and you might as well sometimes. It doesn't matter what it is, is sometimes you had a busy day, you come in and you can't be bothered to cook. You're looking at stuff and you think, oh, my goodness, it's late. It's going to take an hour to do what we've got in the house or half an hour or something. Right, let's just grab something on the way home. And, uh, you know, I can understand why people do it, but just measure it and see what amount you are spending on that so that's maybe a first one right second one so from that tv um right mm. do you watch a lot of tv
1: uh no not as much as i used to i'm very kind of uh, a cherry pick um i have to say I, che- I like documentaries and i like sort of real life stuff i'm not i'm not a great fan of you know uh, well I, I, what I can't stand is all the reality stuff. It just completely turns me off as soon as I hear you know reality somebody's going to jump into a freezing hole or they're going to eat bugs or something I just think like, like, "Oh please, for goodness sake, you know what is that all about so no i I actually turn the television off quite a lot. Uh, my wife is very much sort of TV on. She likes it on in the background, whatever she's doing or whatever it was. But I can't stand that. I like to turn it off. So it's so much so it's separated us into different rooms. <laughs> if she wants to watch something, I'm like, oh, oh hang on a minute. Uh, I'd rather, you know, watch some kind of document. She hates documentaries. She hates National Geographic or anything like that. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, one of these programmes, you know, how is it made? You know, oh, fantastic. Let's have a look. Or I'll tell you what I'm a real sucker for is, the top 40 something could be anything don't care what it is <laughs> this is top 40 something i'm like well who's number one <laughs> but i do pause the telly a lot it's fantastic to pause it because i cannot stand adverts i just i'm not an advert person I'll, i'm fast forward through the adverts um and in terms of news i actually like to watch uh the the french news or uh, al jazeera or the Irish news, funnily enough, um, because I, I used to live abroad and it was always interesting to get an insight on Britain from other countries. So I still quite enjoy that. Um, and one of the French news programmes is it's no comment news. They just show something uh, and they have you know the odd words underneath to explain what it is, but they leave you to make your own mind up. I quite like that. And um, I do find that Al Jazeera... Uh, tends to be, it's a bit more like The Economist, as far as I'm concerned, which is meant to be in the middle. It's not left or right or, you know, pro this or pro that. It's sort of supposed to be, you know, here's what happened. Here's what we know. uh, And they don't give any opinions. I find now that if you watch British news, whether that's um, ITV, BBC, or whatever it was, you know, nobody can help. It used to be a time when they never made comments. They never gave their opinion. But now they give their opinion, you know, Go, isn't this terrible? Isn't it ridiculous? Uh, and, you know, I, as soon as I hear the science has been decided, I like right switch off. That's it. That's it. You know, so no. Um, do I watch TV? Yes. But I'm very sort of cherry picky about it. If that makes sense.
2: OK, next. Qu- well, first of all, before we move off the French one, um, I'll just show you a, a cartoon that's in uh, I think it's in the one of the national papers today. It might be a Telegraph. It looks like a Matt cartoon. Uh, I'll hold it up, and it's—I um, don't know if you can see it. So it's the England, England coach <laughs> stood stood in front of um, stood in front yeah. of a sort of a board with the England team looking, and it's one of those ones with players on it and arrows. And the comment is: so if you advance up the pitch in small rubber boats, the French won't try to stop you yep <laughs> um there you go but you can't beat a bit of xenophobia <laughs> during a world cup can you eh? but, <clears throat> all right so on the tv front ray i i think you're kind of an outlier on this because um me personally i watch just about every minute of i'm a celebrity get me out of here uh, <laughs> it was i, I loved it, it was is that just fun.
1: because you wanted to see matt hancock getting tortured is that it
2: um, I was curious about uh, Boy George, Chris Moyles, and Mike Tyndall. So Mike Tyndall went to um, the school where my kids go or have been. So there was kind of a local interest in in him. So local boy did local boy do good sort of thing. Um, so that was that was a bit of a, an element to it. But no, it it's one of these things. I do sometimes have the TV on in the background and I think I have watched entire box sets because you know how they they just play the next episode? So that's, right, here's another yeah, thing, folks. Yeah. So without having to press another button, it loads the next episode. That apparently is, has boosted retention by a ridiculous amount, and the amount people watch is, is increased as well as a result of it. Well, I've had it on in the background, and I know the kids have come over and said, oh, you're watching that, what's going on? And I've looked up and I've gone, I've absolutely no idea, actually. (laughs) And they said, well, who's that? And I said, I haven't seen them before. Oh, no, I think they're one of the main characters. Are they? What are you on? Um, And they press the button, you go, you're on season two, episode three, and you've no idea who the characters are. (laughs) So I think I've watched box sets of all sorts, but I couldn't really tell you much about them. But here's the thing. Folks, they are uh, they can be a potential huge drain on money and time. Now, when um, when uh, Russia invaded uh, Ukraine, there was a big drop in Netflix subscriptions, but that was primarily as a result of them withdrawing or stopping supplying the Russian market and what have you. What you have found now is that most of them are pretty much at where they were. So Netflix, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime. Sky TV and what have you, those numbers haven't collapsed. So that means two things to me, right? There's a lot of money being spent on it and there's a lot of time being spent on it. And I would just say for this point of this exercise, I know we're rambling, but just write down <clears throat> how much you're spending in time and tot up how you, how much you spend a month, multiply it by 12, because we've got, we've got Netflix, we've got some Sky um, although I keep knocking it down to the basic because you notice it keeps creeping up. Uh, we've got a broadband uh, subscription. We've got a BBC license fee. Uh, we've got Disney Plus. And we've got Amazon Prime that obviously you get when it does the deliveries as well. Now, you top that up. I bet that if people have got, you know, reasonable packages on any of those, you are well over £100 a month on that well over a hundred pounds it oh, is easily yeah. easy yeah maybe even creeping to 150 and i spoke to someone and they'd stop their sky because it was something like 120 pounds a month the sky <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah. they'd got you know the separate boxes they'd got upgraded to this other things had been bolted on added H-E. on <laughs> yeah so <clears throat> folks this is an exercise in working out where your time goes, and where your money goes. If you don't want to dedicate the amount of time that when you record this, you are spending on TV, then there is quite simply no point paying for it either. So what you will probably find is that you can make a choice that not only saves you uh, you know, a lot of money, but you'll get your time back to spend in other ways. And again, the purpose of this episode is to analyze where you spend your time and money and say, right, okay, at the end of it, is there a better choice? Could I spend my time on that? Learning something, a new skill? Uh, could I gain some new uh, knowledge? Could I get out and sell more? Could I do a, a part-time job? Could I do a, an additional job? Could I do a side hustle? What is it? How much time, how much money do I actually have to give that a go? So TV, I'm a sucker for it. Guilty. Um, but the next one, I was thinking, well, I don't do this, but I actually do because I do spend, um, I, I do buy a lottery ticket. And uh, some people might say oh, that's not gambling. Well, it is really. <laughs> when you when you look at the odds of winning it, <laughs> yeah. at about yeah. 50 million to one. Is, that... I think it's even higher than that, isn't it? Oh, goodness knows. Um, But yeah, that, that's me and my gambling. But the rate I sent over... analysis, and I know you were thinking about this when it was being proposed by the Labour government, and what's interesting in this report are um, people on both sides of Parliament who receive money from the gambling industry, Mm -hmm. um, including Keir Starmer, Um, it says here, is... um, Benefits to the tune of twenty-five thousand pounds, does Keir Starmer from the gambling industry. And this is a donation from Peter Coates, co-founder of Bet365. And I know that the lady whose family firm it was that made bet, bet three six five, I think she for about the third year in a row is taken about a third of a billion out of it. Yeah, she's paid. from Hull or something like that, isn't she? I don't know. Um, but She's effectively takes about a third of a billion pounds yes. a year from bet. Three, six, five. That's her share of the, of what it is. And you kind of look at that and it says for four of the past five years, British punters have lost more than 14 billion, one, four billion on online casino games, sports betting and other forms of gambling. So, folks, that's each year, fourteen billion is going in gambling. Now, well,
1: you know, I, I have it. It's Denise Coates is the um, is the woman, the founder, majority shareholder, and joint chief exec of Bet Three Six Five, um, and her net worth is estimated at twelve point two billion dollars, according to Forbes magazine. And in twenty twenty, she earned a salary of four hundred and twenty two million, a salary, salary, <laughs> and
2: a dividend of forty eight million. So, half best part of half a billion pounds that year.
1: So, the Coates family are in uh, Sunday Times Rich List, obviously. She's 55 years old, Stoke-on-Trent, um, went to the University of Sheffield, and um,
2: that's, that's there you go, that's that's the woman. Okay, so, folks, there's a lot of issues. Gambling's very contentious. Um, quite right, too, because there are a lot of people that suffer from it. Now, that a lot of people have it down as a habit, uh, and it can be and uh, very addictive, and it can be. And I know that there are lots of organizations out there that can help. The interesting things I found from this report were, you know, we often talk about Pareto um, and uh, the 80-20 rule. Mm -hmm. And if you do Pareto of Pareto, so if 20% of your customers give you 80% of the profits, if you do Pareto of that, so 20% of 20%, which is um, 4%, So, 4% gives you what? And it's 80% of 80%. So, 4% would give you 64% of your profits. This thing here, this report says fully 60% of the industry's profits come from only 5% of its customers. So, that is almost bang on the Pareto expectation of what happens. So, you know, that's quite scary. That's quite scary. And, um, 8% of all suicides can be linked to gambling. You know, this is, it It disrupts the lives of so many people, broken marriages, relationships, uh, bankruptcies, homelessness, crime. Um, It's incredible. Now, I love the fact that they have um, this scheme where you can sign up for it and you can be effectively blocked So you can say, look, I've got a problem with gambling. Please block me from all the sites. Well, apparently there are hundreds of sites to tell you how to get around it and get back on and gamble. And, you know, they do do that. And then there was another scheme where uh, gambling companies had to um, sort of do this thing where they they almost put people off gambling. Um, And some of those schemes were so good that they Gambling companies actually stopped doing them because it hit the bottom line so hard. They were too effective. Uh, so they're kind of withdrawn a bit from those sort of things. But anyway, look, folks, if you are someone who does this, you're going to spend time doing it and you're going to spend money doing it. The house always wins uh, as, you know, the Coates family uh, salaries will indicate. <clears throat> so just why make a note have, of it. That's why casinos have plush carpets and chandeliers. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, drinks. <laughs> yeah, it, it's why they sponsor loads of things as well, because, you know, they're always involved in it. Uh, I always think it's a bit strange that Paul Merson, who's had well-documented troubles with gambling, works for Sky on a TV, TV football pundit panel with people who advertise gambling for Sky sat mm-hmm. alongside him. That, that's a real juxtaposition or... Whatever. But anyway, folks, look, just make a note of it. If that's you, put it down. Be honest. Put it down. How much? Um, Again, no judgment on it. It's just to, you know, get to the point where you can see you've measured it and you can see what's going on. So there you go. Gambling. Um, mm. Well, I should uh, back in oh, 2003, four, five, I think it was three or four, the proposing
1: changes to the Gambling Act which I think was Gambling Act 2005, which came into force in 2007. And uh, at university, we had to do a moot on this. We had to have the, you know, one side for, one side against. And we were on the side that were against because we did think that it was um, it was gonna cause problems. It was supposed to make gambling fairer, and it was supposed to be more transparent, et cetera, et cetera. And it was supposed to regulate prize draws and all that sort of kind. So there were a lot of things in there. But some of it was very unsettling. And we determined at the time that it would lead to a massive upswing in gambling. It would lead to a massive upswing in gambling addiction. And, uh, you know, the government at the time said, no, it wouldn't. There's no way it will. It's going to regulate. It's going to be fair. But they couldn't quite see that if you make something easier, then it's going to cause more problems. So... I just thought that was that was common sense, and I think that's been borne out over time that that's exactly what's happened. So I mean, you you know, you turn it like you say when you're on the telly watching the World Cup, an advert comes on and it's fast food. Now, if it's not fast food, it's Bet three six five. Here's the latest odds for the second half and all that sort of carry on. And you can do in play gambling, you know, bet now, um, and it's dead quick. And although all these um, protocols are in place supposedly to protect people. Um, I, I, let's be honest about it. You know the gambling companies want to make money, right? They want to make money. They'll do what, whatever they can. The basics. So they put this little banner across the bottom, you know, that says "Be careful, don't go, don't spend more than you can afford," and all this kind of carry on, which is, you know, has now has now become people are blinded to it. It's a little banner across the bottom, and uh, you know they'll they'll do the minimum required by law. But let's be honest, they want the money in. They want money in, and they you know, that that's what they want to get the more money they can get, the better. And you can see bet three, six, five are very good at it. They've they've built a, they've built a machine there that works very well. And um, well, testament to Denise Coates. Well done. Well done her.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You've uh, you've made a product and people want to buy it. You know, you can't argue with it in in terms of, um, I know a lot of people have issues about lobbying um, and and they always feel that there's only certain companies that do the lobbying. Well, if you have a look at this article, and this article, by the way, they're saying, look, what we're seeing in the UK is about to roll out across America because America, all the states, are beginning to liberalise gambling and online gambling and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, this has shown from the parliamentary records. In 2011, £870 uh, was received as a gift To a lawmaker, so individual lawmakers in the House of Parliament, what did they receive in terms of benefits or payments or whatever? It was £870. Over the years, um, 2020, 130,000 was noted on the records as having been received as gifts from gambling companies. And you'll see that. there are conservative and labour people receiving those amounts of money um and so it's just it's it's one of these things that uh, and and bear in mind that there'll be huge things in the background to that um we yeah it it's incredible really um what goes on um it, it, anyway look gambling a whole a whole big cano worms there um mm. and uh anyway mo- let's move on to something a little bit more palatable uh which is coffee but equally um, as addictive <laughs> yeah yeah um it, it's one of these things and you know we've we've got other things but if if we just have a look at uh let's say smoking coffee vaping um those sort of things that i would say used to be the cafe pub culture you know you go to the pub you'd have a pint so alcohol so drinking smoking that's what you used to do at the pub uh do it at home you could do it at work i remember my first job was sat in a team around um various desks and my team leader was a chain smoker and he would go through probably three or four packets a day well, um And it was, uh, I worked for a year in a fog. Uh, It was, you you get out at five o'clock and you go, my God, there is a sun up in the sky because (laughs) you've been in a cloud of smoke all day. Um, And, you know, changes have been made, but people still do it. And um, we have people who work, who smoke, who say they have no money, Mm -hmm. who smoke. And when I say, well, how much are cigarettes? What are they? About three quid a pack. And they went, Oh, no, I get mine. I get mine knockoff from so and so. Oh, okay. So you're smoking sort of contraband cigarettes or whatever. That makes it all the better, does it? Hmm. And I, I don't know, Ray, how much is a packet of cigarettes these days? I have no idea. Um, I, I
1: took a guess. I would say something like seven quid or something. Um, I have to um, look up. Yeah. But-
2: well, I, I was going to say, you know, smoking.
1: It's very um, expensive here I know that because I've met some Ukrainians who uh you know throw their arms up in the air at the cost of cigarettes here because cost of cigarettes in in the Ukraine is very cheap oh, same with vaping right. it's very cheap
2: Okay right let me just I'm having Are you a look. it up? Yeah
1: Are um, driving, thinking to this bloody hell you don't know the price of a packet of cigarettes
2: No don't, I don't I don't know the price of a loaf of bread um,
1: or a pint of milk I could be a make a good
2: politician Right how much? No. What? It well, it says a pack of twenty Benson and Hedges, other cigarettes m- are available, um okay. is fourteen pounds seventy. What? That can't be right.
1: <laughs> is that not for two two hundred? Um I'm just fourteen pounds seventy for that packet of cigarettes. Right, no, hang
2: on. Whoa, well, hold on. Rothman's ten pound forty. Benson and Hedges. This is at, at Tesco, ten pound forty. Marlborough, twelve seventy five. Um, okay, right. Is anything between ten and twelve quid a pack?
1: Holy smoly!
2: Yeah. Okay, so that has made it just all the more um, ridiculous now that uh, not only is it guaranteed to kill you, well, life will kill you. You can't get out of life alive. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, it it's not bad, is it? a product that uh, is going to do it. And I remember going to a talk by the guy who came up with uh, death cigarettes. Uh, What was it called? Great. Yeah. yeah. He said, let's make a a selling point of the fact it will kill you. Um, And they did, did, well, they did very well on that. But um, yeah, so there's that. It's been replaced by vaping. Um, I'm going to lump coffee into this, alcohol, and all the rest of it, folks, again, whether you do or you don't. Whether you do or you don't, make a note of it. If you don't, you know, give yourself a pat on the back and go for a beer. No, um, no, don't do that. Um, (laughs) But just make a note of it. And also, um, anyone that – it used to really bug me when I I worked corporate times, and people in the office would get up and walk out, and they'd go for a SIG break, and they'd be gone 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And they would do it three or four times a day, every day, And I got to the point where I I was sort of saying, right, every two weeks I should have a day off. I don't mind. I'll go stand in the car park all day. Mm -hmm. But there should be no reason why I pick up the phone or have to deal with any issues that crop up from people who were stood outside having a cigarette. I thought it was a nonsense. So I, I used to get upset over the fact how much time people took. But anyway, rambling again folks, rambling again. But BJ Cunningham was the guy that BJ it. Cunningham, that's it. Yeah. He he did a an excellent presentation about, we met him, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, about, about the sort of um the wiles of the tobacco industry and the marketing and and how you could take the biggest negative and yep. get the biggest cohort of people who sign up to it. Yeah, yep. it's gonna kill me. It's gonna kill me. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it, let's go for it. Woo woo. It it's just bizarre human psychology, and all the rest of it. But all we're trying to do, folks, is make a note of where you spend this money because what we're talking about here are these are not things that you need to survive. I know some people will say, oh, I need a cigarette, I've got to, or I need to vape. Um, I followed a guy, actually, in, in a car. I thought his car was on fire because he wound down the window a bit and it it looked like, um, you know, it, the expulsion of smoke or whatever, I was convinced his car was on fire. He wound it all the way down. And then I, as I went past him, he was sucking on it like a baby on a mother's, you know, and, um, <laughs> and it, it didn't half look a bit like, Um and the, every time he blew out this cloud of smoke, he, he guessed the next 200 meters on the road as to what was there because he couldn't see a damn thing. Uh, but anyway, they are, incredibly popular and my kids say that more and more kids are doing it and i was asking about it and i I said again well how much is that and i think they said they're about seven quid a a thing a vape yeah um does it
1: last as long as a packet of cigarettes
2: i have no idea
1: that's probably the plan
2: i have no idea um, Interesting
1: reading about death cigarettes there BJ Cunningham and founded in 1991, uh, closed down in 2008 after a copyright infringement from uh, the 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 uh, death, was it? Um, yeah, a company called Black Death. An alcohol company called Black Death challenged the infringer and the impending lawsuit barred the sale of death cigarettes and the company closed down.
2: So there, there you go. go. Mm. Um, anyway, make a note of it, folks, if if you do any of that, just write down what you're spending, because I know sm- smokers are blind to, uh, how much cigarettes are whenever I've had the conversation and they say, well, I can't afford that. I can't afford the bus home I said, well, you could have caught the bus home, you know, back to work and home again, For what's in your hand now that you're setting mm-hmm. on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, you know, each time I give you some money, do you, do you always go outside and set it on fire? Well, no, what idiot would do that? I said, well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> have a, yeah, and, and and isn't it weird? We all have a blind spot. We all see these things and, you know, hands up, guilty of a lot of these things, you know, and where you spend your money and your time, but make a note of it because at that point you can decide to make a change. But next one down, next one down, and I saw a great post and it was a picture of the latest iPhone and – someone had put up a post saying buying this phone is the equivalent of 10% of your deposit for an average house where I live. And, you know, I I totally sympathize with people because the amount of money spent on designing phones to be super sexy, the sort of thing that you want to, you know, have with you, holding your hand, use all the time is as a result of extremely good design Mm -hmm. made to release endorphins, dopamine hits and all the rest of it. And this is why we we constantly walk around with it, looking at it and all the rest of it. It's It's become an absolute feature of the high street
1: now, isn't it? That someone's walking down with a coffee cup in one hand and a phone in the other, scrolling with a thumb. Um, bashing into, we do sound like Stadler and Waldorf here, it really is ridiculous
2: but uh... <laughs> no but, Ray, right, I'm the same I'm the same and my kids are the same you know, we're, we're all the same and it's really hard it, it's, you know, you go out for a meal or something and you say, right, put your phones away, it is you have a conversation and there's a bit of an argument, and someone says, Well, Google it. At which point uh, yeah, all the yeah. phones come out again. You go, No, <laughs> no. We surely we can wait an hour before we need to know the answer to that question. And we're all sat there and you can see us all going, No, I can't, I can't, I can't resist. I need to know. I need to know. <laughs> and it's yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. But the thing is, um I, I know that uh, iPhones, the meteoric rise every time they launch one they got huge sales people queuing up they still get that to some extent but what they're finding is it's very hard to make the advances that the early iphones made Mm, yeah and now it's down to camera quality or other issues the smartness is baked into pretty much every phone yeah now i've got some old smartphones which i actually use for video cameras for creating um video trainings but I thought, oh, this is a super powerful phone still. This is amazing. I'm I'm going to sell it. I think I got offered 35 quid for it. And it was like, <laughs> what? Yeah. I, I thought, well, by the time I've got in, gone down, an hour or so of my time, parked, I need to pay for where it is, uh, and, and came back I'm going to have, well, I thought I'm going to stop for a Greggs on the way and a coffee. (laughs) Um, I'll come back and I'll be about five quid worse off. So I haven't bothered. But what I mean is we don't need the latest one to be able to access everything that's on the Internet or Mm -hmm. access the power of things. Uh, The photos that you take are, are more than good enough to capture all those moments um i've got about forty-five thousand photos i noticed on my camera yeah. the other day um and now you've got to pay for storage oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah and when i went through a lot of them and a lot of them are checks on properties so i've yeah. got why have i got a photo of an en suite and then a toilet with the lid hanging off and it's like yeah. Oh, the, oh yeah they're the jobs lists aren't they um of things that need doing but yeah, folks. Yeah, instead of watching telly there, Nigel,
1: spend some of your time going through and delete all those photos. <laughs> uh, right. well the thing no. where you can, you, can, you can search for duplicates, and I had yes. something like 1,300 duplicates or something. <laughs> Screenshots that I'd taken, you know, and and, and, no. again and again, get it to the front of the queue. <laughs> no,
2: come on, admit it, they were all selfies. <laughs> <laughs> Posing yeah. for your Instagram, you know, yeah. your favourite
1: look. Toilet seats with, yeah, hanging off and that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm the same yeah. as you. With that sort of thing, yeah. but um, no, the thing about these uh, phones on this bit is they've gone from sort of uh, nobody had one to now everybody's got one, and now there are more on the planet than people. But also, I mean, what it's done is it's taken the urban myths that your old auntie would tell you thirty years ago that you you know thought was gospel, and now you can dismiss it instantly. Because if I say something to my kids and they're 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 sort of the slightest bit questioning, they're immediately on the phone to get the facts. You know. And then to throw them back in my face and go, that's not true or whatever it is, or you're, you know, you're slightly out there or something like that. So well, did you, did you see and Ray, it's ironic um, that at school, they're not allowed to use the phones to search well, for anything.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> got I know. Henry VIII's wives and all
2: that and kind of carry on. Well, Ray, did you see that um, if you, over recent years, if you went to see who invented the toaster, it, it was a Scottish chap, you know, with, it Was it? yeah. Um, however, um, there was a, a kid who said, it doesn't look to stack up on Wikipedia. Now, bear in mind that this person, this Scottish inventor of the toaster, had been nominated to receive posthumous awards, had been nominated to appear on the back of Scottish uh, banknotes. Yeah. Um. When they uncovered what it was, it's now a 30-year-old chap who about ten years ago was at university with a friend and they were having a debate about how you can plant false information and his mate and him so they used his name and they came up with the story of how this person had invented it now what they did and the argument was uh... on these things is if you can get it out to a place that is then reported in a newspaper or on the news you can get this circular proof. And so they would then reference the newspaper, the article or the TV appearance to back up and give credibility to the fact that it was this chap. And uh, this went on and on and on until this kid said the photo doesn't look like someone in Victorian times or whatever it was. (laughs) And when they investigated, no, it wasn't, it was a Photoshopped, photo of, of something else that they'd put on and it was this lad who put his name to it so you know it it is a an interesting way we've gone from being able to fact check to being able to fabricate things um, yeah. so deep fake it
1: well for those that are listening the uh, first successful version of a toaster was brought out by frank shaler of general electric in 1909 but yeah. the pop-up toaster was invented by charles perkins straight in 1919 and he submitted his patent on the 22nd of june 1920 for the first pop-up toaster so there you go
2: but yeah so wikipedia say yeah we do try and monitor it um but the, but there we go i just thought it was a great story uh, anyway yeah the phone so here's the thing folks if your phone is getting old look to replace or, or is damaged or broken um just look and, and see if you can pick up another phone for about 50 quid that will do everything that you need to do. 50 quid, four quid a month, you can get yourself um, pretty cheap data access. But these days, if you, um, if you think about it, um, if you're at home and paying for broadband, then, you know, you may not need to have uh, that much of a data SIM. Uh, to get you through the month so look at that there's potential ways of doing that as well and of course if you've got an old phone uh there are now places where you can go give the phone away give it to someone who could make better use of it um so there you go so that's that one Uh, i think we all yeah i think we all fall for it but that's the beauty of the design and -hmm. the uh the chemical rushes that are released when you get a like um you know when you Crafted a video, you put it out there, and you get two views in the first four weeks. You know that second view. Woo-hoo. Um. Anyway, uh, tech, other things. So, <clears throat> what I'm thinking here is other bits of tech. So it's typically if you've got kids, you'll know the pressure you're under for Xboxes, PS5s, uh, subscriptions, Robux, Roblox, uh, whatever it is, skins, uh, and all the rest of it. <laughs> um And you know all those sort of things. Again, have a look at subscriptions there and duplications. And really, does your kid need to have a red skin compared to a green skin compared oh, to yeah. a zebra skin or whatever? Um, I'll tell you, he does
1: absolutely. Oh,
2: absolutely! And can you? You know, they. My God, are they good at producing those crocodile tears and those puppy dog <laughs> eyes and all the rest of it? And you can crumble in <laughs> seconds. But yeah, Goat Simulator. <laughs> Go work it out. Goat Simulator. That's that's my youngest favorite at the moment. I'll leave it at that. Um, then the final thing uh, that I've got on my list. Um, time and money. And you noticed it when you said you saw them being interviewed. And certainly my wife, uh, when she told me how much it costs to get them done, I was staggered. And especially given that the high street says that uh, hair and beauty services are up five point nine percent, it is the amount of money people spend doing their nails, um, right? I know people. when you say people, you're not well. Doing people the like you, people like you, who go <laughs> twice, two or three times a week to get your nails and oh, your absolutely. toenails done and all the rest of it. Um, it. You know, it is expensive, and again, this is it's not a judgment. It's a case of, right, actually tot it up because some people, you get into the habit, you do it, you go out, it's a routine, it's a social event. You're quite happy doing it. You go talk to people, you meet people, you do it and you feel better about yourself until the credit card comes in Uh, and then you don't. And and this is just a case of, no, hey, if that's where you want to spend your time and your money, great. But just make a note of it because as ever, most things have an opportunity cost, which means if you say yes to this, what have you got to say no to? Mm. And you know, I was I was staggered at at uh, how much it is and how frequently uh, people do, you know, have their nails done. Um, but but there we go. For other people, that is an absolute game changer, and I think uh, we're under pressure as a society. Mm -hmm. Uh, with the filter and the Instagram perfect lifestyle uh, issues that people feel obliged that they cannot be seen out uh, without, you know, spending amounts of money that perhaps they don't necessarily have. And I think there should be a, you know, a a bit of a a bit of a change of tack and just say, you know, I'm having a no filter day. I mean, (laughs) I've had I've had 50 years of no filter day and I know there's a strong clamoring for people saying, for God's sake, please do use a filter. Here's a paper bag, stick it over (laughs) your head. Um, But, but, you know, I'm going to resist, I'm going to resist, but right at the end of all that. So we've gone on for ages and we've, we've had a, a, a bit of a fun jokey look, but there is a serious side to it, but I held it up earlier and you've got one as well and and what is it it's a tomato looking well the kids went what the hell's that i said it's meant to be a tomato and they went "Mm, that's why i don't eat tomatoes and i said you know no no it's a it's like a kitchen timer and you spin it and it ticks (laughs) you, you can hear it ticking and when it gets down to zero you know it rings a little bell and there you go now what is it pomodoro just the italian word for tomato but it's a A little technique, which is if you are spending time doing things, so if you're looking at social media if you're watching Netflix or whatever, um, or if you're doing some work or you're doing something constructive or anything like that, set this, twist it for 30 minutes, 50 minutes, whatever it is, it will go up to an hour. And, you know, whilst that's ticking away, you focus, you concentrate. It's a way of focusing the mind, breaking Big jobs up into smaller chunks and being able to, uh, to sort of do things. And, uh, Ray, I was, I was reading about the psychology of it, and apparently we end up like Pavlov's dogs. And if, uh, you know, the ticking in the background is the stimulus to make us concentrate on this sort of thing and uh if, if you go somewhere and someone's got a ticking going be prepared <laughs> to suddenly find yourself thank your you for listening to a, the how to raise, raise money podcast. podcast Well, we it's show people you, yeah. who want how to raise money the got, question is got loads of who has yours to allocate and use your time haven't
1: you oh yeah yeah well the pomodoro one's a good one 20 minutes 20 minute bursts just turn it on and get get cracking um i use a thing called an oak journal but i also have a a daily sort of plan thing here which daily planner up there which is bits of paper they're quite good anything that can help you be more productive is is good um you know the the shortest pencils is better than the longest
2: memory so write it down and it'll get done yeah i mean it, folks at the end of this hopefully what you've got is a list and all the things down the left-hand side with two column headings of time and money. So down the left-hand side, if you, if you put drugs, all right, if you want to put the obvious drug, you can do fast food uh, and then TV. So you might have, you know, Netflix, prime, sky, Disney plus, whatever gambling or uh, lotteries or anything like that. Coffees. And in that coffees, uh, you could, also have uh, alcohol, cigarettes, uh, those sort of things, your phones and you, and the tech that you might have in the house and then beauty and other things um, down there. So if you have a long list of those, just at the end of a week, having sort of noted when you started, when you stopped each each thing, how much you spent on it, just fill it out onto a piece of paper and just sit back at the end of that week and have a look at it. And the question you need to ask yourself is, am I happy with what I'm doing, what I'm spending and how I'm spending my time? Or would I like to make a different choice? And that's where the next step, you know, comes in. And the answer is you can always choose to do something different. Yep. Um, but you need to know where you are at the moment to know which direction you want to go in the future. So there you go. Long now that we've
1: been talking about it, I'm off for a coffee and I get, I get myself a lottery ticket.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I, I can't say a damn thing with all this smoke in front of my eyes from my uh, vaping cigarettes. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, so, folks, I, I don't know. Hopefully that's kind of been useful. And it's it's always a good one. Uh, I know a lot of people uh, that listen to this are involved in coaching or helping and, and things like that. And sometimes we need to do a bit of self-analysis ourselves. Mm-hmm. Feel. Anxious we're not getting things done and we don't have enough time in the day. Analyze, do do, just do a quick recap, see where you are spending your time. And then, uh, Ray, we can always do another episode about, um, you know, the the income generating activities. And once you've done the analysis, break it down into those that actually uh, cost you money and those that actually earn you money. So maybe that's for another time yeah hopefully you've enjoyed that and hopefully you can share that with people and uh hopefully they well, get some benefit been, from it that's been the how to raise money podcast yeah <laughs> i've been well. ray mcclennan or waldorf and stadler yeah <laughs> uh, 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 yeah Bye. thanks folks see ya
0: Thank you for listening to the How to Raise Money podcast. It's made for people who want to raise money as debt or investment equity for their business or property proposal or empire. See you next time, where we can show you how to raise money. There is abundance. There is money enough for everyone on the planet. The question is, who has yours?